This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And this is your good friend Steve Campbell, who has been <laughs> sitting on this question for seemingly weeks now. What's the status of book two in, in the new series? So as, oh Lord, so as everybody knows, I've kind of gone um, missing for the last several weeks. Um, Do you call laying in bed for 18 hours a day and tapping on a a keyboard missing? Well, um, I'm not really showing up on social media very much. (laughs) I've been taking two or three weeks to answer people's emails. I haven't posted a Patreon update. I'm so overdue. There's just so much that I'm not doing. Um, I've kind of just disappeared into my own little world for 18 hours a day, laying in a bed, tapping on a keyboard because of trying to play catch up on all the thing, all the writing I couldn't get done over those four and a half months over the summer where life just turned me upside down. So my deadline was to submit this manuscript to my editor, my extended deadline that they graciously gave to me was for November 16th. And, um, I had told my agent at the time when she told me, that, I said, I, I don't know how I can do four and a half, five months of work in a month and a half, but I will give it my all. I will do everything I can. So, um, over the summer I was writing, I was working, but it was just, my brain was so foggy. I couldn't get clarity. So there were times where I like wrote the same scene, like three different times without realizing it, not fully wrote it, but like sketched out sequences. Um, there were, there was a lot of story, but there a lot of words, but not a lot of story. Like if I had combined all my different material together, I probably had a hundred thousand words, but it wasn't a story. And there were things about the story that I, I still couldn't understand, couldn't see it. I couldn't see places. I couldn't see how this comes together or that comes together. And so for the last however many weeks that I've just been just balls to the wall, just nothing other than working on this, I pulled it together enough that now I understand the story. And so I had to submit it, but it's not finished. And by not finished, I don't mean not perfect. I mean, there's probably still... Mm, a third of the story that's not written. Like it's all stream of conscious notes that I went through all my material and I deleted duplicates and combined the best of ideas into sort of stream of conscious notes. So there's sketchy outlines of the chapters, but they're not actual chapters. There's no way this thing is ready at all. I mean, I'm I still foresee a couple months of heavy-duty writing on it, um, writing and cleaning up and whatever. But I, it's clear in my head now. I know it needs to happen. There are no scenes that are left blank. Everything is there. And so when my agent read it, she was like, 
well, I know this is rough and I know there's still a lot of stuff that you need to go back and take care of. I have not even had a chance to read it from top to bottom because I wrote, I did not write it chronologically. I, I wrote the characters all separately. And then when it was time to submit, I just kind of pulled it all in and got it in order. So there's a lot of repetition, things that, you know, I would normally go in and clean up and I haven't had time to do any of that. So my agent was like, you know, I, I get that there's all that stuff in there still and you're going to clean it up. But just based on what I'm seeing here, you have got the makings of a fantastic ride of a story. And so, you know, all that hard work has really paid off, but it's not finished. (laughs) So I had, you know, I worked on it for like, you know, another five or six days and then got as much more as I could get it. And then I had to submit it. So my, my editor was really nice. And she's like, I'm really happy to have this. Thanks for all the hours you're putting into it. But I don't think she's read it. So I don't think she knows how bad off it is. So in the meantime, and what I told her is that I'm still working on it. I'm not finished. I said, this is, as you'll see, this is incredibly rough. Um, So before you get into editing it, let me know and I will send you an updated version that will get you as close as I, uh, I have to wherever I am at the time. But I foresee like all the way through, you know, Christmas and probably through my book promotion for Liar's Paradox, I'm still going to be balls to wall on this thing, just trying to get it ready to go into production. And once that happens, I'm going to breathe the biggest sigh of relief. This has been, I don't, it sounds very selfish to say, but it's been an albatross around my neck, not because of anybody else's problems, but mine, but these, um, losing all that time I I need a lot of time to think things through and work things over to make them look good because I am not that smart. <laughs> it just <laughs> I just persistent. <laughs> and I don't have that kind of time so just to know that I finally, you know, to be able to get this whole thing that is just this muddy idea, very very muddy idea and to make it coherent, I'm it's going to be such an amazing feeling and and when they talk about, you know, do you enjoy writing? No, but I enjoy having written. Mm-hmm. I will be celebrating that having written. <laughs> so that's where we are right now is um they have it. They probably haven't read it and I'm still working to make it better. But the re- uh, a another part of the recap is your agent has read it and she is relatively content with where things are. She likes the story. It's, it's, I mean, it is, if I can pull this off, it is a more intense, very, um, thriller, thrillery. It's better than the first book. It's got so much more to it. It's a bigger book. And then the challenge is keeping, you know, cutting it down, keeping it to the essence and keeping it moving and such. There's a lot more headspace going on because um, in this second book, we get a lot of perspective from somebody who's actually trying to kill the twins as an extrajudicial type killing and how she's tracking them down. And so understanding the... um, the, the route she takes, the information she's pulling in and how she's analyzing it to find them and stuff. So we spent a lot of time inside her head. So trying to minimize other headspace and just keep it moving, that's going to be the next big cleanup challenge. All right. So this is maybe a question you can't answer, but I, I have to ask it because I'm, I'm curious. You have described what you sent in as incredibly rough. 
How would that compare to something that I send you that I think is pretty good? Steve, that's a horrible, horrible question to ask. How could you do that? I know, to but me? I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, well, the parts that are written, um, they are probably cleaner than the drafts that you sent me. Okay. But the parts that are not written, that uh, all right. So just just to be clear, the stuff that's not written is not as good as my stuff that is written. You're 100 percent correct. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, let's get to today's topic. We actually do have a writing topic today. Wrapping things up at the end of a book, wrapping up loose ends, wrapping up all those little loose threads that we as authors lay out there uh, while we're building the book and then wrapping them up at the end. I read a, I finished reading. Which is incredibly apropos since. I'm doing that too, right? Yes, and I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing it as well, and I'm just kind of making a list of all the things that have to be done. And last night I finished a book. Um, it was like an, a, a historical mystery featuring a Sherlock Holmes-type character, and so there are lots of deductions that go on through the course of the book. And then we get to the end of the book. We learn who the, the criminal is, and the entire final chapter is wrapping up loose ends, but not in a way of actually wrapping them up. It's like one the Dr. Watson character asking the Sherlock character, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And oh, so that's why this. And it was, I kind of felt a little bit cheated as, as a reader, but yeah. I could see why they needed to do it. So what's, what's, too much when you're doing the wrap-up like that? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the genre. Like, you could probably get away with that in a Sherlock Holmesy type story that you could never get away with anywhere else. Like, that is, the, if there's a type of book where you can get away with that, it's that Sherlock Holmes book. The rest of it, I mean, it's almost like this, cliche, at least in thrillers, where, you know, you have the bad guy, you know, with the gun pointed to his head and or the bad guy has the good guy with the gun pointed to his head and is like, and now let me tell you my evil plan. <laughs> and that's when you learn all the motives of the bad guy. And it's just like, really? Come on. You know, we could get away with that in the 40s, but we're kind of over it now. And there's, so, a, there's another thing that I have seen not as often as the question and answer between the detective and his colleague at the end, but it's, it's a similar kind of thing where the question will come up and there is no answer. It's like, well, it could have been this or it could have been that. We don't really know because we don't. Having been through the entire story, we don't know, but that really feels like cheating. Well, you know, sometimes, and, and, and I'm a little defensive here, <laughs> because in in one of the threads, there, there are multiple threads in Liar's Paradox, and this one of the threads is left open kind of like that, mm -hmm. and it leads into the second book where they honestly don't know. There's no way to know. And I think, you know... In that case, the characters give their ideas of what they think it is mm -hmm. and what they expect it to be. But 
they you can't just say and here's the way it is without actually having been inside the heads of the people who are making those decisions. So even though it does feel a little bit cheated, I think in that case, you get away from the cheating by really crawling into your point of view character's head and explaining why they feel what it could be and acknowledge what they don't know and what they can't know. It's when it's just like, eh, and you shrug it off, mm-hmm. when you're left with nothing, then yeah, that that really is cheating. And you can usually tell as a reader if this thread was left open as something to be dealt with in the next book, possibly. Yeah, that should be pretty clear if it's done right. So how much is too much? Um, uh, Honestly, there are some times where you just can't get away from it without without expending so many more words and introducing characters and whatnot. And you just have to take that shortcut. It, It has to be done. And not necessarily in saying, oh, this was the bad guy's plans, but little things here and there. And for me, because I write characters that are um, usually problem solvers, you know, trying to stay alive, but there's usually someone quite intelligent that's putting pieces of the puzzle together, I can use them and figure that figure things out through them. Um, and, and I will do it by analyzing character, by analyzing action, by analyzing potential motive and bring it together into a plausible understanding that rules out alternatives because of X, Y, Z. And I will lay down those tracks for X, Y, Z, knowing that this is going to have to be, you know, the character is going to have to figure this out on his own and I'm not going to have the bad guy just, ha, 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 here's my evil plan. Um, (laughs) You lay down the tracks for that way in advance so that by the time the character does figure it out. The seeds have already been planted. Everything is there. And then it makes sense to the reader, like, well, of course, that's the only reason. And and every once in a while, you'll get readers who are like, well, yeah, I figured that out long before the character did. Well, good. That was me doing my job, making sure that you weren't going to have any sudden surprises <laughs> along the way and be going, oh, no, that's so implausible. You know, you can't really... It's, you're going to lose no matter what you do in some cases. So it better that, I think, that readers sort of put two and two together and figure it out and feel smarter than your character than feel dumb at the end because something gets thrown at them and they weren't given all pieces. Now, in the first copy of the manuscript that I sent you, there were two or three places where your note would be, you're laying this out there as, and I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing this, but essentially you're telling me you're laying this out as a red herring. You've got to do something with this. You can't just leave it here like a dead fish on the, on the, on the counter. Something has to and be I done with it. I wish I was that clever with my words. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a dead herring. Slap it on the counter. <laughs> can't do that. A yeah, red no, herring. It's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a important that um, if you're going to be doing uh, red herrings out there like that, you're going to be putting information out there that it doesn't show up just once and then nothing's ever, nothing ever comes of it. Like if, if a character is provided information, if a scene is set down and that character never analyzes it, never discusses it, even just to rule it out as like, oh yeah, that's obviously not something I need to know, then you're just... It's like you start, you have a porcupine with just all these little needles and threads, but they don't actually do anything except 
poke you. And so anything that you introduce has to be followed through. It's like a thread, a crocheting or knitting. It, it, it can't just be left loose and dangling. And so tying that in to the story and just making sure that that pattern is, is being kept full, that's part of the craft of storytelling. And so sometimes when you are writing, you forget that you dangled those threads out there, mm-hmm. which is fine. You just keep writing your story. But when you're going back through the passes, it should ping your, your brain. Hey, I brought this up in chapter five and it never shows up anywhere else again. And it's not it's not going to destroy your story. All you got to do is add a paragraph here or there to tie that thread back into the pattern of, you know, he reflected back on that thing that he saw and wondered if it was connected to this. But because of X, Y and Z reason, knew that it was something else. So what I've been doing is there are. As I'm going through this this current draft, I've got two that I've left in. Some I've just pulled out because I thought it was a good idea at the time, and then by the time I got to the end of the story, it's like, no, this is obviously not a good idea. So I'm just pulling that line out. And But I have a couple that are left in. Would I be better served since neither one of these have anything to do with the successful conclusion of the case? It's just really just eliminating someone as a suspect. Um, at what point do I close those threads? And I'm guessing that that point is not at the end. It, it's somewhere in the beginning as you're, or not in the beginning, uh, as you begin to dispatch with that person as a, as a suspect and you go, oh, I, now I understand why this person gave me the side eye look over here when I mentioned this person's name. It's right. not because they were having an affair. It's because, you know, something else. Right. So... I mean, granted, every story is different. It's going to have its unique take. But when I'm up against something like that, and and I feel that it's important to have those tangents, especially if you're trying to hunt down information because, or, or figure something out, because if it's too straightforward, it's too easy. There's really no challenge. There's no it's just a series of events that happen to the character, right? So mm-hmm. you 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 have to give them these things that make them wonder, but that's how real life is. Nothing is super easy to solve. So what I'll do in that case is when the character gets another piece of information that they're trying to figure, you know, they will weigh that against what they already assumed and they challenge their own assumptions. Well, I thought that this was this A thing meant B, but now I have C, and A and C cannot both lead to B. They are mutually exclusive or whatever the situation. So it, it gets touched on. The, the characters come back and reanalyze information as the story goes. Like, now I've got this third section of information. Now I'm going to weigh that against the second and against the first. And that first one still doesn't really fit. But the second and the third kind of fit together. So it's possible that I'm off base here or that first one doesn't belong. And then somewhere along the line, they're going to get their fourth piece of information. And they're going to weigh that fourth piece of information against what they already have. And at that point, if you want to get rid of the first one, that's your chance. You don't have to wait to the end of the book. You can say that doesn't work because now I've got, you know, B, C and D two, three, and four, and it contradicts that information. And then if you really want to be twisted, you find out that two, three, and four are wrong, and one was right all along. 
<laughs> which is how some of my, that's how convoluted some of my plots get. But yeah, it's it's that you don't wait to the end to bring it up again. You're continually bringing back all the information, all the discussions, all whatever, and you're weighing them against each other. And by the time you get to the end, it's almost like you can do it in a passing afterthought. Well, that clearly wasn't it because we already been down this these four other paths, and. And so there's no sense of now, d- dear children, let me tell you all of the clues that I dropped along the way that mm-hmm. I have to tie up for you. Okay. Does it make sense to, in, in the case of one of these, um, there was a visual clue, and then in the, in the first scene where it could be kind of dispatched, I didn't dispatch it, and I didn't amp it up any. So it, I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking that was a wasted opportunity. I should have I should have handled that differently. I should have either gotten rid of it there or done something to make it seem even more likely that this person could have been the, the killer, the thief, the whatever. I would say keep whatever you can in that sense. Um, but, you know, the other thing you can go on besides just, um, you know, analyzing information is is visceral responses. Like if a character really likes someone, then they might misjudge their own feelings going, oh, I'm not being as smart as I need to be here because I this, this person has such a charming personality. What am I not seeing? What am I missing? And that that character themselves is raising the red herrings within themselves. It's coming out of nowhere, but you have to remember that characters like people, they don't know what's going on. You as the author might know, but the character doesn't know. They still have to figure this stuff out. So the character can second guess themselves or the character can have a visceral reaction where they just despise that person or mistrust them. And then that is they having this gut instinct reaction that turns out to be wrong because the person reminded them of someone in high school that they hated or were bullied by. You know, it can be these random things because that's how it happens in real life. We have our biases. Um, They can lead us very off track. And in the case of, you know, puzzling things out, detective work in, in fiction, they, that also makes for really good story because it's conflict, whether it's inner conflict or external conflict, it still raises questions. So the more you can do without just turning it into mud, which can happen when there's too many things to have to explain, um, the more fun the story is going to be because it's so intertwined and, and textured with possibilities. Okay. And so as a story goal, then should I hope to get to the end of the story, the successful conclusion of the case. There's this last card that needs to be played, which essentially is creates the aha moment. Uh, the case is essentially solved. There's an ending. And there are, should the goal be to have none of this conversational stuff afterwards about what about this? What about that? What about the other thing? Because it's all been cleared up throughout the story. And the last thing to be cleared up was the final card to be turned over? I've, you know, it's really hard for me to say it has to be this way or it has to be that way because so much of it is about the style of the story, the style of the, the voice. There's, there's 
exceptions to everything. I just know that for myself, if I was going to wrap things up, I would like to have at a minimum all the major things covered and maybe one or two at the most little side things that it's like, hey, you know, and that could be done in dialogue. But I think that you want to try and keep it to where it's more like the loose little sub threads and not critical plot points. It can leave the, like you were saying, it can leave the readers feeling cheated. But I think that if there's some few tiny little things left over, that can be fun. Almost like how in Marvel movies you wait till after the credits because you know there's going to be one tiny little sequence more. And, and you can have fun with it. But I don't think you want to use that end of the story to tie everything up nice and, and neatly. Um, I, in my own writing, I sometimes have to, but I try and not do it at the end of the story. Uh, there, there is a break in Liar's Paradox, for example, where some stuff gets explained, but it's still pretty far in from from the end. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual end of the story. So sometimes the only way to save yourself 10, 15, 20,000 words and bloating out the story is to just have something explained. But you don't want to cheat your readers by having that big and you know here's the grand aha let me bore you to death with a thousand words all righty that has answered my question i hope uh, there are other people out there that have had the same question and it answers it for them as well any other words of wisdom taylor what are you working on now other than just the same old thing i was i was waiting for this big <laughs> reveal like okay now i can finally do this I wish I could finally do this, but no, it's, I've still got a, a long slog ahead of me, but I'm, I'm feeling better about it because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now, and I have so much catch-up work to do. I owe my patrons so much, and the, the fun, quote-unquote, thing is, is we're all going to be heading into book promo. So, like, I have an event on the 18th, which is the book birthday for Liar's Paradox, but mm-hmm. then in January— Toward the end of January, I'll be doing an event in Houston. We're trying to get one lined up in Austin. We'll see if that will come to be. And I've had a few invitations, um, you know, some on air, some in person. And we're still hammering those out to see if they they come through or not. So it's going to be a lot of doing stuff, right? So, yeah, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to when I can do this other thing. (laughs) Whatever that other thing may be. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back again next Tuesday with another episode of The Taylor Stevens Show. Yes, we will. And if you have questions or anything that we can help you with, we need your feedback. So send your questions in. 